the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. And now, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Paul George. I'm a 30-year-plus real estate agent who helps represent people who buy, sell, and build homes in the central Ohio area. Today, we are going to talk about some of the commercial developments that are going on downtown and some of the other areas from, you know, office space to housing and things like that. Um, we do have a housing shortage here, and some of the uh, zoning and some of the things downtown are changing a little bit to where they're trying to accommodate some more housing downtown as well as in the outskirts, but we're going to kind of focus on downtown a little bit Um so it's going to be kind of neat to watch what's going on. We are a growing community here. We are one of the lucky ones compared to a lot of other cities right now in that uh, there's a lot of places that are having problems uh, filling up buildings in their downtown. We are very proactive into at least leasing space or repurposing space or knocking down things and, you know, just a lot of things that uh, my guest is going to talk about, uh, some of the things that we are doing that's kind of a, a neat thing to keep an eye on here in Columbus. Uh, before we start, though, I want to, I always get into kind of what's going on in the real estate market and something that's kind of maybe um, uh, real estate only related and maybe for real estate uh, companies or real estate people, uh, but it does affect some other people. Last month, uh, it's almost been two months now, there was a situation in, um, uh, within real estate, real estate, if you want to list your house, you go to a real estate agent and they put it on a multiple listing service. And there are different multiple listing services around the country and there's vendors who serve those. And one of the vendors was hacked. Um, there's, uh, my cohorts down in Cincinnati went without a multiple listing system for almost three to four weeks. Um, it was interesting because of when somebody wanted to list their house or somebody wanted to find a house, they usually go on Zillow or something like that. Well, Zillow and Realtor.com and Redfin, they all get fed by the multiple listing system. So when there are no new listings coming in, how does real estate take place? And real estate's very good about uh, incorporating different ways of finding ways to do things. We had to learn to, new, to do things during covid um, they were uh, forced to figure out a way to buy and sell houses. Appraisers had a hard time, too, because if houses were in contract and they were getting sold, um, they didn't have any ways to get comparable sales or get a good database for that. So this company called, uh, I think it's called Rapatoni, Rapatui, I call it Rapatui, but it's Rapatoni. Um, they were um, hacked, and they were being charged a, you know, a big, fat... Uh, Oh, what am I trying to say? What's the word? A ransom. That's it. Thanks, Gina. Um, they finally got it figured out three to four weeks. But one of the things that happened was people tried to figure out on their own how to buy and sell houses. And there's other vehicles. You know, us realtors, we get in our little bubble and all we do is put in the multiple listing. But, you know, one of the things that I've learned, especially when we were in a buyer's market, was that, hey, if you hear about something before it hits, that's when it's the hottest thing. Well, people got on Facebook. People got all on uh, Facebook groups and things like that. They were talking about houses being sold. And be quite honest, I think it was a wake-up call for a lot of real estate agents saying that, hey, we just can't throw it in the multiple listing. We actually have to market the properties. Um, uh, you know, I always use this example because I do have a place in Florida, but uh, we bought a new place a couple of years ago, and 
the way things get sold down there is my wife was sitting around the pool, and, of course, she heard somebody talking about it. And next thing you know, uh, Paul's selling his place down there and buying another one because if somebody had talked about it. And that's what could happen if we don't do our jobs better than what Facebook and Zillow and things like that can do. So I just wanted to give people a heads up that um, there's other ways of doing things, and it will make us better as an industry to be smarter about how we market properties and how we uh, differentiate ourselves between, you know, just somebody putting it online and things like that. I've always said that selling the houses now is a lot easier than it used to be because people have a database for it that they can go to. When I started out, our database was a, basically it looked like a telephone book with all the houses in it. But um, now they find the houses and my challenge is to show my value as to pricing the property, staging the property. And probably the biggest thing is getting a property to closing. Um, once you get a house in contract, that's just the first step between inspections, between appraisals, between title work and things like that. We have a lot more to do that, you know, if you just put your house on the market, there's a lot more to it that people don't know about. So I just wanted to kind of let you know what's kind of going on in the background of the real estate industry. Um, I think last week uh, I mentioned that interest rates uh, on a 30-year fixed loan have touched 8%, and that's the first time that's happened in 20-some years or so. So, <laughs> Hi, Bonnie. How Hi. Are you? So we know Bonnie's here. My guest is here. That's pretty neat to uh, come in on that way. Yeah, it's a sensitive microphone over there. I want to be introducing Bonnie. She is a reporter for um, a journalist, actually, for Business First magazine. She is going to be my go-to for commercial real estate here in uh, the Columbus area. Um, as I mentioned, there are so many things going here. I think she has some job security here as compared to uh, some of the places that are not doing so well in uh, the country. And hopefully she's going to be able to give us a little bit of insight when it comes to that. Um, Bonnie, since you're here and you kind of made your presence known, Introduce yourself. Tell me who you are, what you do, where you live, uh, your family, and all that fun stuff. Just let me know the best you can. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. I am happy to be here. I have worked for Columbus Business First for two years. I cover, or a little bit more than two years, I cover commercial real estate, um, particularly downtown. So city of Columbus and all of the immediate neighborhoods um and i'm from middletown ohio um but moved to columbus and adopted it as my new home well that is i can't wait to get started with it so when we come back we are going to ask her a little bit more about some of the specific things downtown and we talked a little bit about the commercial buildings but there's also some residential things going on and some fun things going on i've seen some of the things that she's reported on and we will get into that um when we get back um before we go to break, though, I just did want to remind you, if you need to know anything more about the Paul George Group, go to halfthebeatles.com. That website has just about everything, including my new listings, as well as a lot of tips for buyers and sellers and things like that. So when we come back, we'll talk to Bonnie and talk a little bit about downtown Columbus. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise in ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Well, welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. 
I am here today again with Bonnie Mybers from Business Columbus Business First, since they have Business First all over the country, it sounds like. Um, Bonnie uh, specializes in commercial real estate, mostly for the downtown Columbus area. And, you know, I'm just going to dive right into it. Uh, before we get into some specific projects or so, um, Bonnie, give me your thoughts on what is going on downtown and, you know, what you can see from an outsider's point of view. Tell me some of the things that you see that might be different than what we might be seeing across the country. Right. Well, I moved here during the pandemic. So even in the, the two years that I've been here, I've seen a lot of it just anecdotally traffic increase. It's a little bit harder to find a parking spot downtown since I first moved here in 2021. But I would say um, nationally, we're probably you're probably seeing headlines about how horrible the office market is. And in Columbus, we do have our problems, but I would say we're doing a little bit better than in some other parts of the country. Um, there's about, uh, or the office vacancy in Columbus is 23.5%, um, which is a l- up slightly from earlier this year, but it's hold- held pretty steady. And we have about 30% of the people that were coming in pre-pandemic coming, or sorry, sorry, only 30% fewer people from pre-pandemic are coming into the office. So compared to cities like Washington, D.C., Chicago, L.A., we are doing a lot better. The national average is about half the people that were coming into the office are coming in. So we are doing a little bit better. Um, And I would say some different, like, impacts that we're seeing, maybe things you wouldn't think about, parking, downtown uh we have 212 acres of parking lots downtown is that a good thing or a bad thing um i i would say it's maybe a a, it's just an interesting thing thing, maybe a bad thing um means we have a lot of empty space uh we have with fewer people coming into the office every day we have a lot of empty parking spaces so i think it could also be a positive because we'll probably see a lot of redevelopment of those empty parking lots like into housing or into a building with retail. And I think we'll also see impacts on housing downtown. I see with a lot less office space needs downtown, we'll probably see more buildings being converted into, or sorry, office buildings converted into housing or just new ground up apartment construction. Yeah. And, and, you know, you touched on it a little bit here and uh, before we delve into some specific projects, you had mentioned a little bit about you got here during COVID and you're seeing some of the differences. What other specific things are you seeing and what you're hearing about from some of the things that you're reporting on as to how businesses are handling some of the the differences from COVID to the hybrid workers, to no workers, to remote workers, those kind of things? What are you seeing? What are you hearing and how some of the companies are adapting and how they're adapting some of their office space? let alone the parking spaces you just talked about. Right. I mean, I hear from a lot of employers and a lot of office brokers. People are really still trying to make up their mind and figure out what's the best way for their business to operate post-COVID. A lot of people are still working through hybrid, remote work. How many days a week do we have folks in the office if we're even going into the office at all? Um, Business first, we're in Tuesday through Thursday and then option to work remote Monday, Friday, I would say that seems to be a pretty common schedule for a lot of folks that choose to go hybrid. And then I would also say folks are reorganizing their office spaces if they're not downsizing. They're like adding more uh, like gathering areas or like really spiffing up the like couch area or the snack area to make it feel a little bit more homey. I have a friend who uh, owns a business and he is, he's my age, so he's a little bit older. He's trying to adapt to some of the younger people that are coming in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't do it without laughing. He says, you know, we have to put in ping pong tables and pinball machines and <laughs> stuff like that just to keep him interested, let alone some of the workspace areas where you have uh, charging stations and things like that. So, I get it. Um, let me ask you this. Do you see any difference or have you heard of any difference since Columbus is a governmental, it's the capital. So there's a lot of government offices, uh, Ohio State universities here. Do you see any differences between those kind of people coming into town as compared to some of the um, just the regular corporate people, the government as compared to private? 
you see any differences or hear of any differences, you know, when people coming in and how the buildings may adapt? You know, I can see a government office having cubicles where I can see the private office being open like my friend's place. Have you heard of anything? Have you seen anything how they're trying to adapt to some some things like that? I would say the state and Ohio State from folks I've talked to, things I've seen, seem to be operating pretty much the same on the same like premises as a private business. You know, they don't want to demand everybody come back into the office and maybe lose some of the great folks that work for them. So it seems like they're also still trying to figure that out. I know Ohio State, um, the 15th and High Project, they just put some of the universities, I think it's some of their like uh, admissions offices in that building. And those offices are beautiful, big, huge conference room, really nice um, new desks. And so it sounds like everyone is facing the same issues trying to get folks to either stay or come back into the office. That's good. So government is competing with the private sector, which is always a, uh, a good thing that may be a little bit unusual. Um, we're talking to Bonnie Mibers from Columbus Business First, and we are talking about some of the projects downtown and some of the things that uh, some of the businesses are doing to keep attracting people downtown. Um, before we get into, again, to some of the specifics, one of the things that downtown – I mean, it used to have the reputation for lacking for people to live down there. Um, like, where's the grocery stores? Where can I go see a movie? Where can I do this? Do you hear of anything or see of anything that's going on to kind of keep people downtown for more than the Blue Jackets or more than something at the uh, Palace or anything like that? Do you see anything new that's going on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the Columbus Downtown Development Corporation is working really hard to get folks down, down downtown and stay after hours. Former Mayor Michael Coleman has a famous quote, like after 5 p.m. you could roll a bowling ball down Broad Street yep. and not hit anybody. So I think they're working to, you know, fix that perception. They have a lot of programming on the commons. They're working on, um, you know, getting folks out on the water, on the Scioto, um, with kayaks and paddle boards. Um, there is a lot more housing being built downtown in the past uh, five years, or since 2018, we've had over 3,000 apartments added, and there's more in the works. So I think both private sector and semi-public, like CDDC, they're working to get more housing, get more retail, make sure there's actually you know things to do downtown for people of all ages and all incomes. It's interesting because I have a – I live in a uh, suburb. And I had a couple that um, had their big house. They decided they wanted to do some downtown living. And what they decided to do was to rent first to see if they liked it. And the interesting thing was is that it was a whole new lifestyle for them. They came from, uh, was it New York? It was a big city where they came from, so they wanted a little more of that. They said they're still missing some of the outdoor like uh, things to do as well as some of the vendors you know they'd love to be able to buy some fruit at a fruit stand they were talking about but they also said they wouldn't trade it for the world because of one of their challenges was they have a little dog and they said where's my dog going to go well all these places are accommodating for pets anymore they've got places to take your dogs out they got dog runs and things like that uh so they're trying um this one particular in particular had a, it wasn't a rooftop bar but it had a rooftop uh picnic area where they had a barbecue and things like that so i know they're trying to accommodate it um, the one thing they couldn't get past though was some of the noise and they were trying to learn how to deal with some of the noise that was outside of their apartment that they stayed in. Now they came back to live at their house, but now they're looking to buy down there knowing with, okay, we want to be something that's a little more soundproof. They wanted a view too. That's what they didn't get before. Um, they're actually looking at a place that's across from, um, Huntington park. So there's people that have that want to go down there. One of the things that I know that is a big bugaboo within my industry is attainable housing. Mm -hmm. And do you know of any projects that they're trying to do now to make it affordable for people to live downtown? Anything that you know of? Yeah. Um, The organization I just mentioned earlier, CDDC, they actually just finished um, 98 units of affordable housing. And that's, um, I know some, in some circles, that's kind of a bad word, but um, 
this is oh, housing. It's affordable, <laughs> attainable. It, you know, it's just, it, it's like, okay, let's just make it so somebody can afford it. Right. And so all. these apartments are at 100% of the area median income, 80% and 60%. And our area median income is about $58,000 for one person. So um, rents would be affordable for folks making about that much money or 80% of that, 60% of that. Um, that organization is also partnering with Woda Cooper. They're an affordable housing uh, organization. They do work all over the country, but they're actually based in Columbus. They're working to redevelop the downtown YMCA into, they're not totally sure how many units yet, but between 100 and 120 affordable housing units. And that would be affordable for folks making um, like 30% of the area median income. So that would be attainable for folks who, who are lower income. That is, that's actually one of the companies I want to talk about because Mr. Woda is actually a neighbor of mine <laughs> and their mission is to do exactly that. Um, and the nice thing about it is they don't start from scratch. They take something that was probably not usable uh, at for the purposes like the YMCA, but you know how old that is and how hard it is to bring it up to standards and they thrive on something like that. And our downtown is filled with those kind of things. And if there's a way to get somebody, you know, if you've got workers who work at the hotels downtown or you've got workers who work, you know, in the parking garages or something like they need a place to live. Uh, you know, as good as the code of bus system is, it takes people to some of the housing. They'd much rather stay down there. Um, and if as long as they can find things like that, uh, I think Columbus is going to do well to you know, attract those kind of businesses. And I know the city of Columbus is redoing their zoning right now. And one of the things they're trying to do is make it a lot more, a lot easier to get the permits and things like that. Do you know anything that, you know, might help or that's down the road that might be beneficial to somebody who's wanting to do something to reconvert a building or something like that? Yeah, I mean, um, the Columbus, they're calling it their zone-in process, um, working on rezoning or reconfiguring their zoning code. I know they're looking at main thoroughfares right now and zoning for that would be or new zoning code for that would be in place as early as 2025, but I think it's going to be a pretty lengthy process. So well, I know it hasn't I, been changed yeah. in <laughs> a 50, 60, 70 years, so it's not easy to start from scratch with something like that. It's certainly needed. Um I will say Columbus is on the forefront of being ahead of a lot of the suburban towns that are getting hit with some growth that have no idea what's coming, at least Columbus is trying to accommodate these things and they recognize that there's an issue. And Columbus is very good about, they're trying to get input from not just the developers, they're trying to get input from the people who live down here. So I've got to commend them on that, whereas I don't commend them on so many other things. They're doing a really good job with this. It just takes longer than what everybody expects. Um with that being said, do you know some specific things downtown? You know, I just saw that, uh, I think, was Bank One? What? The Chase Tower just sold. Oh, Is that what yes. it was? Uh, it's in It's in, in contract, contract in kind talks. of thing. Right. Do you have any ideas what their plans are for something like that? Are they going to keep it office buildings? Are they going to do a mixed use? Are they going to, you know anything about that? Yeah. So two Texas companies, um, Blue Loft Inks and Wolf Investments, I believe no relation to the Wolf family of Columbus. Um, are planning on turning that office building into about 200 apartment units. They plan or plan submitted to the city back earlier this summer, so they may have changed. But what we've seen so far is plans to keep maybe two floors of office. And they also plan to seek an Ohio um, historic tax credit, which is a competitive yeah. process. But if they get that, it could help, you know, close the gap on some financing and uh, make that project move forward more quickly. And I think that's some of the secret that uh, Columbus is, again, trying to be a, uh, accommodating with some of the – there's grant money and all kinds of things available, and if people would just look at it and say, okay, we can use that, and that will make more sense for us to do these kind of changes that, again, that goes into enhancing the downtown. I know one of the challenges, we had the building director in here, and I said, why – you know, all these office buildings are sitting vacant. We need housing. we got a housing shortage. Why don't you just – convert them over and it's not that easy and probably the number one thing you talked about was plumbing mm -hmm. 
you're going to have a bathroom for every place that you put in there, and every office doesn't have a bathroom. Um, so to go through and change the infrastructure of a building, especially one that goes up and down instead of sideways, he said that's just a huge challenge. Um, I know some of the places, you know, when I grew up, we went to Lazarus downtown all the time. Right. Lazarus just went through a renovation, if I remember right. Uh, I think you guys had some pictures of it. Do you know what – I don't know what that project is, what they did with the Lazarus building down oh, there. Oh, so the Lazarus building is now office space. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some state agency, agencies in there, and then there's some other, like, city offices in there, uh, or, like, quasi-city like the, I feel like I keep talking about CDDC, but their office is also in there. <laughs> That's all right. Um, and then I think what story you might be referring to is the Lazarus house. This actually was the house that Fred Lazarus and some of oh. his family um, who started the Lazarus um, yeah. department store lived in. Um, that's on Town Street. It's this beautiful old home um, that was renovated. Uh, it's now uh, a museum. <laughs> it's like three different residential units. Neat. It's very neat. It's really cool. I'd love to know who lives in those things right now. <laughs> so we're coming up on the break. Um, before we go to the break, I did want to remind you about, uh, as I remind you on every show, this show becomes a podcast as soon as we get done with it. And the way you can find it is to either go on Google Play or if you've got an Apple phone, there's a, I think it's a purple button that's a podcast button. You look up the Paul George Real Estate Show and you can come back and listen to Bonnie and you can listen to the Delaware County Auditor. You can listen to the CEO of Columbus Board of Realtors. We have a lot of interesting interesting things, so when uh, you get a chance, download those and subscribe to them. We'll be right back. Submit your questions for the show to paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's Paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Again, I'm your host, Paul George, and I am here today with Bonnie Mybers from Columbus Business First. She reports on downtown projects, but she also does a few other things, too. But um, before we get into a little more about the uh, commercial real estate, I, I try to get to know people a little bit more than just coming in here and talking on the radio. So, Bonnie, I always ask a couple of questions of some people um, when they come on to kind of get to know them on a little different level. But uh, before we do that, tell me a little bit more about yourself. You said you've been here for a couple of years. You came in during COVID. Where'd you come from? Um, Those kind of things. Where are you at? Yeah, I uh, moved here from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I worked for the Dayton Daily News um, for a little bit more than two years and then Before that, I was in Grand Forks, North Dakota, working for a newspaper called the Grand Forks Herald, um, and I wrote about business. I I was the business section. I Mm -hmm. did a a lot of the page stuff, all the photos, so that was some really good experience right out of college. Tell me a little bit of a difference between the city of Columbus and, like, Grand Forks or even Dayton or something like that. What's kind of the – it sounds like you've moved up a little bit into some of the <laughs> different types of businesses that you're reporting on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Grand Forks uh, is a town of 40,000, 50,000 people, and that's the second biggest town in North Dakota. So um, for North North Dakota standards, it was a big city, but uh, Columbus is definitely <laughs> a lot bigger of a town. What was the biggest business there? Um, the, the Air Force Base, and then also they're really um, – like drones and oh, um, neat. yeah, like what uh, everything that can be done with drones, every like monitoring, like big uh, windmills, that kind of thing. So you got to learn a little bit about that kind of. Oh stuff yeah, too. I learned a lot about drones. Oh good. <laughs> you know, a little bit more on yourself. Here. You shared some interesting, fun news. Um, tell me about it. I was asking it about, you know, tell me what your news was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I um, got engaged in August, uh, or, and yeah, and I'll get married next October. So, well, congratulations! Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. Here's one of my questions. Okay. Okay. If you could learn any talent, anything instantly that you don't already have, what would you do that you always wanted to do or always wanted to be? Well, that's a great question. Um, honestly, I think play piano. I took lessons when I was a little kid, and I quit them and I, I really wish I had and I think it's a good party trick to 
pull out and show your friends. <laughs> it is. It's. I'd love to be able to go to a big party mm-hmm. and just sit down with the piano and say, hey, sing along with me. Right. Oh. Hey, another quick one. Do you have any pets? Yeah, I have a dog named Sophie and then a cat named Ellie. Sophie and Ellie. How yes. Is, how do they get along with? They get along very well. They snuggle and play. And How about with the uh, fiancé? Oh, they all three get along very okay, well. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Because that could be a, you know, uh, I know that would have been a bummer. I would have had to get so. rid of the fiance. Uh, you had to get rid of the fiance. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of subtle there, wasn't it? I hope he's listening. So, all right. Well, let's get back to kind of what's going on in Columbus. Um, you report on all these fun things. Tell me something that is, what's the most interesting thing that you're reporting on right now that's going on in the city of Columbus? Yeah, I think um, the housing being built downtown is probably one of the more interesting things that I'm covering. Downtown was originally built to accommodate like up to 60,000 residents. I think we have 12,000 downtown. So there is a lot more room for folks. And I think we could accommodate even more than that, especially with the development at the peninsula across the river. That's... um, housing and retail and a hotel and soon to be more housing, more offices, another hotel, um, a pins. And, um, did, did I hear pins was moving from? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Moving from its downtown location on fourth so, to the I peninsula. I didn't realize that's yeah. where they were going. What else is down there? You just talked about in generalities of some of the housing, any specifics, um, condos, apartments, all, any businesses. Yeah. It's all for pins? rent, um, product. The it's, fairly recently finished so the only i think the only retail there right now is the junto hotel um developed by rockbridge their uh, local hotel hotelier oh see i'm so out of it i've never <laughs> heard of that before so that's kind of the interesting things um what else, do you know of any other projects like buildings that are renovations or sales or things like that what what's kind of the new hot sexy thing going on downtown yeah, I Other mean, than the peninsula. I think adaptive reuse is becoming more popular. Columbus kind of has a history of not keeping some of our historic buildings, um, like the Central Station um, and some other historic properties. But we're, I think a lot of developers are have found like renewed interest in that. Um, so I know we talked about the YMCA. There's... Um, the Larimer building downtown, it's offices right now. It's for sale. So that could be, you know, repurposed into some apartments. It's a smaller building. It's three okay. stories, but that's something that could happen. And then, you know, the Continental Center on Gay Street, that's a 19, I think, 70s office tower that's being converted into 400 apartments. So that's, um, I mean, maybe not historic because um, 70s weren't that long ago, <laughs> but... <laughs> Getting to be now, unfortunately, <laughs> that's probably the challenge here is a little bit. So when you hear, you talk to some of these developers, some of these things, what are some of the new things or some of the, you know, they see these vacant buildings. What's kind of something innovative other than just putting a box with a, you know, a bedroom in it? Uh, you hear of anything new that might be a little more innovative that people are doing? You know, when I go downtown, I see, you know, 12 foot ceilings. Mm-hmm. I see, um, garages that are you know so secure that it's like Fort Knox getting in and out of there uh, I talked about the little dog park uh, on the top of the buildings I had somebody who um, bought a condo in Italian village and just all the things that are going on down there that make it so it's pedestrian traffic with uh, the breweries the like I said there's rooftop bars there you know bud dairy farms down there and they're doing a lot of fun things Anything, any other projects like that that you know of or enhancing ones that are already down there, what people are doing? Yeah, I mean, um, Gravity in Franklinton, Kaufman Development, um, I think has a reputation as kind of a outside of the box kind of company. Um, They have one phase, two phase and third phase in progress right now. Um, They have like yoga studios. The third phase is supposed to have like a cold plunge pool and some other wellness amenities. So I think that's something that's really unique. They also have um, co-living, which is, you know, we were talking about affordable housing earlier. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily 
big A affordable housing, but it's like naturally affordable housing because you're just renting a room um, in an apartment and sharing it with some other folks. Um, but those folks still get access to all of those amenities that I just mentioned, like the cold plunge pool and the really nice gym and the meditation room and the yoga room and yoga rooms, meditation <laughs> rooms. Ah, I'm still getting used to, you know, a sunset in my backyard kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, those are the kind of things that I think people don't know about. My mm-hmm. wife is, uh, we live in Westerville and once she gets outside that bubble, she is, you know, we were down by children's hospital. She had no idea that all that stuff was there. Um, when I sold the place in Italian village, mm-hmm. um, you know, you couldn't go anywhere without a special fob to get into all these buildings and things like that. Um, the one of the companies that I think is on the forefront of doing a lot of neat things is called Thrive. Yeah. Um, tell me what you know about them and maybe some of the projects they're doing, um, if you know of any. Yeah. I mean, they they are extremely busy. Um, Mark and Eric Wagenbrenner um, are kind of the heads of the company. They um, changed the, it was formerly Wagenbrenner Development. I'm sure you know. I know um, him from Bexley. And yes, then, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like, that's how old I am. But now it's like these old stodgy Bexley houses. These guys are turning into these, I won't say hipster, but they're reusing and rethinking things that people never thought of before. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there you talked about Italian Village, have done a ton of work in Italian Village with Jeffrey Park and Grant Park. Um, like single family housing, multifamily, they have retail, they have um, a coffee shop that's coffee during the day and booze during the night and bada bean is that what it's yeah bada bean bada booze yeah booze that's it <laughs> and that's it was neat because we were in there and there's just people hanging out there mm-hmm. i mean yeah. there's people working and then there's other people drinking a beer and then there's you know all kinds of things on the background and they're very careful about you know what they have the atmosphere that they uh create in that and i just think they're ahead of their time i'm actually Showing somebody uh, Quarry Park, which nice. is yes. uh, one of their developments. It's residential. They also have a place to get massages. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, just different things. And it's in that kind of a setting of a quarry. quarry. Right. And uh, Quarry Park is in the Metro Park. Your mm-hmm. front yard is the Metro Park, which is very interesting. Yeah, And I don't think people understand that. One of the things I really like about what they do is that they repurpose a lot of old buildings. And where people would give up on them, they go a little bit deeper as to... Okay, let's see what we can do with this. And the retro now it looks cool. Mm-hmm. The old stuff, they make it look cool again and make it feel cool again. So there's companies like that all over, but they seem to be the ones that have uh, expanded upon uh, what's already here. Yeah, uh, and oh, I was just going to say, even beyond buildings, they specialize in, you know, turning a brownfield into a place that can be redeveloped so they're turning like landfills or like a former auto salvage yard into a place with a pool and apartments and single family housing and a cool trendy new restaurant, which is pretty cool. One of the things, you know, we talk about downtown a little bit. There is other communities. Do you know of any other communities, what they're doing to try to attract some of the commercial and maybe who's the most accommodating? Um, you know, before we talked, you said you lived in Hilliard, and right. I told you how welcoming Hilliard is. Any other areas, or what specifically do they do? I mean, I would say uh, I primarily cover downtown, but I covered Bexley a little bit. It seems that they are trying to welcome some more dense mixed-use development. Um, I know they're kind of landlocked, but uh, they seem to, to want it. Um, Hilli- I mean, I live in Hilliard, so I feel like they have a pretty nice comprehensive plan, seem to really want to do um, more dense development or just like bring up underutilized parts of town. And one of the interesting things I see, because I drive people through there all the time, like you said, is Bexley and Upper Arlington's mm-hmm. doing the same thing. They're going up instead right. of out and because they're landlocked and they don't have a choice, whereas Hilliard, they can go out. <laughs> I told you how big Hilliard is, it seems like, uh, but they have land to do that with. Yeah, they absolutely. have a lot of mixed-use housing. Um, they have a lot of, you know, they got a freeway, 270 and 70 runs through there, so it makes it very accommodating for transportation as well as exposure from freeways and things like that. Um, how about, do you know of some things that some people are doing with some, you talked about Brownfields a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is there any other company or any other things that you know of that people are starting to you know, catch on to and figure out ways to make uses of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, I know Ohio used to have the Clean Ohio program um, in the budget. Now there's some brownfield remediation grant funds that different developers can take advantage of. Um, Thrive Companies, obviously, is a huge uh, that's kind of their niche. But, um, you know, there's like a, an industrial project at the former Columbus Columbus Castings site. They're um taking that site keeping it industrial but you know turning it from a brownfield into um so a new industrial yes yeah it's gonna look a little cleaner yep. and a little nicer yes, and definitely those kind of things uh, i've got a friend who owns a um, uh, office they do office furniture and he cannot keep up with you know i'm thinking all these vacant buildings all this stuff here he takes stuff in and then refurbishes it or repurposes it to go out to other places. And he said a lot of his business is coming from downtown, but going out to some of these um, suburban areas because there's, they're putting offices out there mm-hmm. as well. And one of the things I'm seeing is that downtown is trying to compete with some of these suburbs that are building these new places any ideas on how they're trying to compete with things like that, or are they just moving out to the suburbs? I would, I mean, yeah, I would definitely say downtown and the suburbs are competing. It's it. There definitely is a trend in the office market of flight to quality. I'm sure you've heard that term. Yep. Folks want to move into a new Class A office building with a coffee shop in the lobby and really nice tenant lounge and stuff um, that feels more homey because folks really enjoyed, you know, sitting on the couch and working from the couch um, with all of the comforts of home. I will say absorption, uh, which is move-ins versus move-outs, was actually high, like positive in the suburbs for the first time since the pandemic started. So we are seeing that flight to quality trend being proven to be true with uh, just the pure data. Well, that's, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not, because if I know some of these uh, places out there want to get some of the taxes and things like that that come with that. Um, what do you know about the companies that we're talking about? Where's the coolest building to work at? Ah, I know. I hit her. She wasn't expecting that Ooh, that's one. A... <laughs> that you know of. Let's put it that way. It's um, the most hip, most coolest, most. You walk in there and you go, ooh, that's pretty neat. I didn't know this was here. And people actually work here. I feel like I've been I've been in a lot of office buildings as folks are, you know, renovating and making it different. I think the Gevin office downtown is cool. They have like walking they're a PR firm. They oh, have okay. walking pads sense. and standing desks and bean bags and all sorts of different seating areas. I also think um, you know, the offices in Gravity are cool. The offices at the peninsula you can build out and really make them whatever you want because they're new. So I think so all these hipster places, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> I keep calling hipster. I guess that shows my age here a little bit. So we're going to take a quick break. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, um, the Paul George Group. And you can follow us on X or Twitter. I still get that screwed up. It's X, <laughs> Twitter. You go at the Paul George Group or at the Paul George Show. We'll be right back. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise in ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. 
Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Paul George, again, and I'm here with Bonnie Mybers from Columbus Business First. She's been doing a great job of kind of keeping us up to date of what's going on downtown. I'm going to be checking in with her in a minute here after I go through my tip of the week. Um, this little tip of the week might be a little specific, might be a little personal, but it really irked me this week. Um, I had a uh, closing to where I had a client who uh, sold a house and bought a house. And the house that they sold is, you know, they've been living there for 20-some years or whatever. And they're just the type of people that, you know, when we leave our house, we're going to clean it up and we're going to make sure we clean the carpet. We clean out the house. And whenever somebody's buying a house, the way you expect it is never the same as what people leave it. Well, my people were the type that they overdid it. Um, in fact, the, uh, once the people moved in, they said, oh, we're going to paint anyway. You didn't have to fill the nail holes, that kind of thing. So it was interesting. But the disappointing part is the house they purchased, which was a fairly expensive house, uh, the people left it in shambles. Um, when I say in shambles, they left a lot of stuff that I, I don't know if they thought that the buyers would want it, um, but people don't want your trash, uh, want your stuff that's 20, 30 years old. They don't think, you know, you could use that couch in the basement where it's supposed to be gone. Part of that's my problem to setting up the expectation of what it's supposed to look like. But when you get in a certain price range, you just have an expectation that people are going to clean the house. Um, and like I say, I, we're still dealing with things that we're finding that was behind furniture or, you know, there's stains on the carpet. Those things are normal. But uh, sometimes you make it a point to say, hey, we didn't know about that. And we apologize. Here's, you know, $100 to get the carpet cleaned or something like that. Well, these people had no um, idea of what it was supposed to be like. Um, I, I just was just disappointed because you think everybody's like that. We're supposed to leave a house in broom clean condition. And whose definition is broom clean? What does that mean to a lot of people? And some people, they just get in a hurry. They said, we didn't have time. You won the house at this kind of thing. That was they had plenty of time to get this done and they had a place to go. So it wasn't like the movers came and that was it. Um, so if my tip of the week is if you're selling a house, be courteous, clean up the house before you go, get your stuff out of there. If there's any issues that you didn't know about, just tell them up ahead of time. That will make things a lot easier. Uh, you know, the challenge is, is every time somebody sells a house, it's inevitable that they forget to have that Amazon package forwarded to their next house and if you leave the house in dire condition, uh, sometimes the new owners are not going to be as quick to get you that package as most other people were. So just be aware of that and, you know, be nice. So we are coming back to Biney Mybers from Columbus Business First, and we are talking a little bit about commercial real estate, uh, downtown, some downtown housing, uh, just some things, projects that are going on downtown, um, you know, one of the crown jewels in Columbus, Ohio right now is we got the Intel plant. Um, that is making an impact, even though it's out in Licking County, it's making an impact downtown. It's making an impact in the suburbs. We know how that's making an impact. Um, Bonnie, what kind of impact are you starting to see with that project alone, let alone the ancillary items that are coming with it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like even though I cover downtown, I'm, thinking about talking about writing about Intel or folks are asking me about Intel every day. Um, so it's definitely a thing that's on everybody's minds. I mean, and it is a $20 billion investment from Intel into Licking County. That's a huge investment. It's something that we've never seen before. They're promising 3000 jobs directly in the plant and then 7000 jobs indirectly. And that's not to mention, you know, all of the construction jobs, all of the food worker jobs, the hotel jobs, convention, you name it. There's so many people that are going to be putting their effort, time and effort towards Intel. Well, and that just kind of goes into one of the challenges because of the people that are going to be coming to work here. Some of them are coming from the West Coast. Some of them are coming from uh, dense downtown areas like Chicago, like New York, like, you know, Seattle, things like that. And they come to Columbus, Ohio, and they say, Where's the downtown or where can I live downtown? The average person who works at the Intel plant, I, I always go to Chandler, Arizona, because that's kind of that's been there for 20 years. And to see the growth of that city as compared to what's coming here, it's kind of like, OK, 
they don't mind a 45 minute to a one hour commute. And that's well within where Columbus is. And if somebody wants that downtown living uh, that works at the Intel plant, which a lot of them do because a lot of them are younger, they don't have the families yet. They don't have, they just want to be around the Blue Jackets. They want to be around the palace. They want to be around, you know, what's going on at the commons, those kind of things. Um, we need to do more than what we already have. And you told me, I, there was a number that you gave me, we can accommodate how many thousands and how many do we have? Yeah, well, so downtown was originally built, you know, 100, 150 years ago <laughs> to accommodate 60,000 people. We have about 12,000 people living downtown right now. So we can accommodate, you know, like repopulate up to that 60,000 number. But I think we can also accommodate more. We'll ha we have the ability to build taller buildings than we did back in the day. We have the peninsula, which formerly was, I think, 10 acres of parking lots that they've turned into usable space. So we can accommodate a lot more. And I think you are right. I think a lot of Columbus leaders, a lot of economic development folks are thinking that we'll see Intel folks living in downtown. Well, and not only that, they want um, services as well. Mm -hmm. And of course, those services beget jobs and those jobs got to live somewhere as well, too. So that is the challenge that is in front of us. And, you know, it's I don't know what we're going to do, but we are going to muddle through it. Um, Bonnie, I can't, I can't believe our time's up already. Bonnie, if people want to read you, find you, how do they go about finding where you're at and how to find your articles? Yeah, we um, you can find me at Columbus Business First um, dot com. You can also find me on Twitter at Be My Burs Biz First. Um, and I yeah, it, we're also in print, so you can subscribe to our paper and get the print paper, too. Yeah, I'm still old school. I still get the print <laughs> magazine every Monday. I think it is. And uh, I go through and read all the new things that are going on. And you're right on the forefront of that. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And great. Next week, we're going to talk about that love-hate relationships we have with homeowners associations. We'll see you next week. This has been the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Paul George Real Estate Show. And follow Paul online at paulgeorgerealestate.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.